Hello, and welcome to Into the Disneyverse, a podcast where our historians Jess and Tandy explore the world of Disney, including rides, resorts, restaurants, and so much more. On today's episode, there be beasts and mermaids. Join us as we dive down into the mysterious and perilous depths of 20,000 leagues under the sea. Hey, Tandy. Hey, Jess. All right, you know what? I'm excited. You are excited? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. About today's episode? About today's episode. You're ready to but go I'm, ahead. But I'm more excited about something else and <laughs> nothing to do with the episode, but let's, let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, we're going to the most magical place on Earth We are going weeks. to the most magical place on Earth in six weeks. I can't wait. Star Cruiser. And I, uh, um, I'm not even the one that prompted it. I think I'm the most excited <laughs> of everything. I don't know. The kids don't know yet. I think we're going to tell them tomorrow, by the way. They're going to be excited. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Christmas time at Disney. I never. None of us have been at Christmas. I haven't. I have been when they have Christmas stuff out, but I have never been like before Kris Kringle drops. Well, and I think it. I think this tracks with my personality. Like I love like my favorite holiday is Christmas. You know this. It looks like Santa threw up in our house mm-hmm. at Christmas time. Um, so very I, lovely throw up, by the way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I'm excited, but I am, but I digress. I am also excited about today's episode. Well, it, it, and we plays them together, right? Because it's about journeys, and today is definitely all about a journey. Because we're talking about twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yes. AKA submarine voyage, depending on what park you went to. Was it called submarine voyage? Yes. Okay, so so it throws me off whenever you call it that yep. because I only wrote it obviously in Disney World and. It was called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So we'll talk about it. So for today's episode, you know, we're talking again, like I said, about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I was looking up facts on the 1954 film 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea on IMDb starring Kirk Douglas, who was in Spartacus, and James Mason, who I had never seen before. He was the original Stars Born with Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. I know how much you love that movie. And at some point, I got a real hankering to watch this movie. And um, I assumed it was on Disney Plus, you know, because it's a Disney movie. Sure. But when I went to the drop down on IMDb where they tell you, hey, this movie is on this and you can watch it here, it just said Amazon rent or buy. And I was like, oh, that's strange. So I just went straight to Prime and I bought this movie and I watched it. And then I went to Disney Plus and lo and behold, there it was for free. (laughs) So Disney got an extra $4 from me this month. So if after this episode you really want to watch this film, I recommend going to Disney Plus because it's there for free. It's really, it's on there and rewatch it. I watched it years ago but it's been a long time I, and I'd never seen it. it was really good it really held up really well it was well written well acted the effects were really good Disney had a hand in that he wanted it to look really really decent even in 2000 you know 22 it's got some real like there's a scene with a giant squid and mm-hmm. I was like wow this is pretty good for well, 1954 you know, back then practical effects that's yeah that's the thing. oh yeah that's why they hold and up. they were gonna do the fight scene during the day and, and Walt was like no 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 let's do it at night that way we can't see the strings and stuff oh great yeah. idea yeah. but it looks it looks awesome. So it, it's more adult than I expected. Like Kirk Douglas enters the scene drunk with some floozies under his arms. I was like, oh, all right. This you know is what? definitely not a kid's movie. I miss Disney. Like old school the, Disney? Old school Disney. Yeah. There is some questionable material. Yeah. And it deals with some strong themes. So, you know, I, I'm, I have a literary background. So yep. it's like man versus man, man versus slidey, man versus beast, man versus machine. It's like everything. This you know movie's what? got I, everything. I was genuinely a little bit curious why you wanted to do why you wanted to do this one in particular. And now that you bring that up, this totally tracks why you would love everything about this ride. Well, movie. yeah. And and I loved I loved this ride. Like this was one of the rides where this and pirates, I wanted to go on oh, two or three times. Ride. This was a great ride. It had 
mermaids. So, I mean, there are obvious reasons why Tandy really loved this ride. It was a little bit more of a a dark ride, just kind of like the movie was darker themes, obviously. So that held my attention. Even as a child, I was, you know, born 35. So I like darker things. After watching this movie, I'm not surprised that Disney wanted to take it and, you know, some exciting history that was happening in the world and make it a theme park ride. So this ride's full name, because I know we just talked about this, is Submarine Voyage or... 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, colon, Submarine Voyage. You, you never called it Submarine Voyage if you went to Disney World. You so it 20, it's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Under okay. the sea. Yeah, so you might see one or the other, depending on which park you were at, the longer was at Disney World. So let's get into my time machine, just like we did before. And uh, for all intents and purposes, today's time traveling machine is going to be a submarine, obviously. Uh, well, of course. And we're traveling back to 1958. So submarines had just become a major powerhouse in history, even though the idea and plans for submarines date all the way back to ancient Greece. The first nuclear-powered submarine, the USS Nautilus, had just completed a submerged journey under the Arctic Pole on August 3rd, 1958. And this was a big deal because even though submarines had been around and useful in World War II, the use of nuclear propulsion with the USS Nautilus allowed the sub to stay underwater longer, allowing for the journey through the poles. So, of course, Walt wanted to capitalize on this fun, the exciting development in history, and what better way to do it than to bring it to life at his park. The ride was commissioned on June 6th, 1959, in front of then-Vice President Richard Nixon, Walt Disney himself, his wife Lillian, and various officers of the U.S. Navy. So this was a big, big deal. Like, yeah. we got official people to come to. Like, I could, I don't think we'd see this today. Like, I don't think Hell no. Biden's showing up to christen, you know, the well, refurbishment of It's a Small World. Well, and Bob Chapek is is no he's different. Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah, yep. And he's no Michael Eisner either. No. Well, yeah. Good and bad. Few, few are. Yep. So Disney used the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea live-action film from, again, 1954, as their template for the ride. Imagineer George McGinnis redesigned the submarines based on the original designs by Harper Goff, who's also another Disney Imagineer, from the 1954 film. And for those who have never been on this particular ride, it takes guests on the Nautilus as they adventure to the darkest depths of the ocean floor, encountering sharks, shipwrecks, and even mermaids, as their tour guide, Captain Nemo himself, narrates the scenery. And spoilers for anyone who has not seen the film, there are no mermaids in the film. So, sorry to disappoint you. The ride opened in Disneyland on June 14, 1959, so a, a little bit about a year after it was, you know, commissioned. And again, in Magic Kingdom on October 14, 1971, so it was technically an original ride at Disney World. It was opened, I think, like seven days after Disney World opened, but it was not open day at Disney World. Can't get a pirate's ride because pirates are too well known, but mermaids and submarines, Florida's never seen those before. (laughs) It's my favorite Disney fact that we've found so far. We couldn't put pirates in Florida because they were too too They they know about pirates down there. Yes. As you can tell, I'm still bitter about that. So obviously it was extremely popular. Again, submarines were a big deal back then. People enjoyed the feeling of going into a submarine and diving down into dark, mysterious world unknown. To spark the adventure even more, Disney had cast members swim around in mermaid costumes, sunbathe on the rocks, and wave at people. When the darker, edgier submarines of the Cold War came out of favor, Disney painted them yellow to go with the sparkly new thing, research submarines. But not all that glitters, research submarine yellow is gold. The ride itself was not easy to maintain. Divers had to go down nightly to clean and maintenance the ride. The defogger buttons for the windows notoriously never worked, and I remember that because I would always press them, and they didn't do the yeah, job. Yeah, I remember. 
it wasn't ADA accessible and those cast members dressed as mermaids, yeah, they were getting sick from all the chlorine exposure in the water. Should have used bromine. The ride closed officially on September 5th, 1994 at Disney World and on September 7th, 1998 at Disneyland. Oh, wow. Executives said that this was due to the fact that the ride was too costly to operate given its capacity. They originally thought that they would revamp the ride and reopen, but they had a tough time finding ideas. So, like, ideas included Treasure Island, Atlantis, which were both box office failures. Yeah. So they weren't going to spend the money on Atlantis it. Atlantis would have been a cool ride, though, Yeah, but. yeah. And, it, and, you know, a side note on that, that Princess is becoming way more popular nowadays. Oh, yeah. I think we've had a couple of, like, rappers who've dressed up as those characters for, like, Halloween. So it's, it's definitely, I don't know, we might see some resurgence it's for Atlantis. It's Yeah, yeah. It was a good movie. Definitely. At Disneyland, the ride sat dormant until June 11, 2007, when the Finding Nemo submarine voyage reopened the ride. But sadly, the one in Disney World was paved over in 2010 to make room for Fantasyland. So one thing on this, I did, and I, I don't think, did you did you ride it at Disney World? You never rode it at Disney World. No. So you had mentioned this, and I went to look it up, because I remember it being where Ariel's Grotto's at. So it has actually been replaced by Ariel's Grotto, uh, Pooh, it was Pooh's Playful Splat, which is now Seven Doors Mine Train. So it was both of those, it was that big, yep. that it spanned all the way yep. back to Ariel's Grotto, which is a totally separate section of the park yep. now. In fact, yeah, that's what I was just about to say is, and if you want to ride what's there now, head over to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Ariel's Grotto. Okay. Yeah, that's how big it is. And we'll talk about some of the statistics for it and fun facts about how okay. big that ride actually was and why it's so hard to maintenance and expense. Yeah, it was just when you, when you said that, I was like, that doesn't sound right because I remember it being back, but it's, it's yeah. just that it was so freaking And you know, huge. we've talked about this before, how perspective at Disney, at Disney they have the ability to kind of hide perspective-wise what mm-hmm. a park feels and looks like. Yep. Like the Haunted Mansion being right next door to It's a Small World. But it doesn't feel like that Yeah, Yeah, when you're walking because there's so much in between. Smoke and mirrors, but good smoke and mirrors. So Disney Tokyo Sea has a version of the ride, but it is different. It still shows scenes of the deep dark ocean, but it has almost alien-like sea creatures in it. It's weird. And you're in a mini sub vehicle that seats two to four people instead of the original, which was almost 40 people. And there's actually no water. They use technology and tricks to capture water-like effects. It was fun, but for like nostalgic folks like us, mm-hmm. it's a little disappointing. Okay. But it was still interesting. And, and the place where you get into the ride, Japan is really good about the aesthetic looks of things. Of Theirs course. is like yeah. times 100. Okay. A walkthrough museum of what the Nautilus looks like, including oh. an attack by a giant squid, exists at Disney Paris as, and I'm going to butcher this, as Le Mestier du Nautilus. Yeah, I'm horrible at that. And I've been on this one and actually really enjoyed it. It's the one walkthrough I probably really liked. Disney you get, loves their walkthrough They museum. do love their walkthrough museums. You get to walk around the sub and visit the captain's quarters and look at his papers and books. And while you're there, they actually have the squid attack. Like it looks like from the inside, the squid's attacking the Nautilus. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that makes it a little bit more interesting for a walkthrough. And Disneyland actually had an original walkthrough museum that was like the ride before it was commissioned. So you go to Disneyland and you would go through and it was like you were in the Nautilus from the film. So yes, they do love their walkthrough museums. They're preemptive. Yep. All right, so fun facts. So each submarine at the time in 1959 cost a total of $80,000 per sub, and there were eight, for a total of $640,000 alone just for the fleet of passenger this vehicles. Is, this is in the Navy. 
or is this at Disney World? This is a Disney this World. This is a Disney World? And you, Disneyland, same no. thing. To adjust for inflation, that's roughly over $6.5 million just for the ride vehicles. So they were. how many were they running at the same time just to... Go back. So, so there's running. three running at the same time when okay. it goes on the track. So, gotcha. but there's eight total submarines. And to, so, for comparison, Space Mountain Kit and Caboodle is 18 million. That's insane. Yeah. Each submarine is the length of 54 feet long for a total of 432 feet of metal, which is the length of two Boeing 747s. And each submarine weighs about 40 tons, which is the equivalent to six African elephants. I don't understand how they fit this in Disney. Disney World, I do, because we've talked about that. The thing that Disney World has is space. Like, they, they've got unlimited space. Walt basically bought, uh, like, two cities. But how do they fit that in Disneyland? And if you remember, I mean, Disneyland, this was one of the original rides oh, at yeah, Disneyland. Right. So, so there was more space at the time. And, okay. and it had, like, a lake there for aesthetic purposes, so they just used that. And they Got could it. they could build down and in as opposed to, to up, which they up and out. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. The submarines from Walt Disney World moved around from storage to storage after the closure of the ride, but in 2004 they were stripped and buried in the landfill, all except three. Two submarines were sunk at Disney's private beach, Castaway Cay, which makes me want to go oh. now. They also got a Pirates of the Caribbean ship. Like, it's just more... Tandy, we have to go on this cruise, and you hate cruises, but we have I know. to go. I, I want to go now. So one of the two still remains as the other was damaged by a hurricane, and the last thing I read was I think both were damaged by a hurricane. So we'll, we'll see if they're still there. Yeah. The third was originally in the Backlot Tour at Hollywood Studios, so you I probably saw that. that. Yeah. Yep. But now makes an appearance at, at various Disney events. Okay, so they it's so, not it's there. A tra- so it's a traveling submarine. It's a traveling submarine now. The submarines weren't actually submarines, but boats that hovered just below the water. So more like I guess gotcha. submersibles. So those were the, like what you would see as mm-hmm. you walked up. You just see the appeared. Okay. Yep. yep. Well, you I mean you were in what appeared at the surface, but they're they're considered boats, not submarines, because I guess they don't do submarine things. I don't. I don't know. Okay. It's magic. <laughs> Disney's submarines are known as the largest peacetime submarine fleet in the world, or I guess were because there's no fleet anymore. Well, there still is one in Disneyland. The ride contains 9 million U.S. gallons of water. I don't know what the... I told dip- you in the past, I want to know what Disney's yep. water bill is. I want to know what the electricity bill is. Yep. I'm just genuinely curious. If somebody knows where to find that information, please DM us. In 2005, an auction took place at Disneyland Resort where they sold off pieces of the ride that had to be removed in order to fit the Finding Nemo theme. One of the pieces for sale was the shark fighting the octopus on a rock. And if you remember that walkthrough I mentioned, the organ is in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Yes. And they redid it for Disney World when they opened that ride. Okay. So that's neat. So it's like, I'm going to be looking for that next time. Is the Nemo ride at Disneyland the same as what's at Disney World, or is it a totally different ride? Oh, it's a totally different okay. ride, because right. this is so. actually, the the Finding Nemo ride is actually utilizing the submarine voyage. Got it. Cars. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the specific differences, because when I went, they were doing a cleanup, so I didn't, I wasn't able to ride the Nemo ride. Got it. But it is not like the one at Disney World, where it's, the one at Disney World is the, I think the people, it's not a people mover. What is it called? The one for Haunted Mansion? Omnimover. Omnimover. And it's got the visuals. Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev was denied permission to visit Disneyland in 1959, which really disappointed Walt Disney because he really wanted Khrushchev to see his fleet, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, men. Men showing each other their toys. (laughs) There are no hidden Mickeys that I found, but there are hidden submarines. So there is a silhouette of the Nautilus at the beginning of the Little Mermaid ride, 
in Disney, Disney World. And the Tiki Lounge at Trader Sam's Grog Grotto in the Polynesian Resort has a Nautilus drink, which is served in a drinking vessel that resembles a submarine. So overall, I gave this a five. You only gave it a five. Yeah, I thought you'd find that surprising. I do find that very surprising. It was a good I, ride. I had seven written down. I oh, loved wow. this. I loved this ride. So this this was an e-ticket ride to mm-hmm. me when I was a kid. Yeah. I would say when I was a kid it was an e-ticket ride. I, I do like it, but it doesn't it doesn't eclipse like pirates or anything. I, I mean I did enjoy it, but I, I was waiting for the mermaid part. And I think if I was waiting for the rest of it, that would, that would be different. But I gave it a five. Thrill factor, I gave it a one because when I was a kid in 1990, whatever four, two. It wasn't as exciting probably as when it was 1959 and people were like, ooh, submarines. And they'd never been, you know, in a submarine. Not that at five years old, I'd never been in a submarine before, but you know, I have fun factor. I had 20 because this ride has everything. Mermaids, giant fighting crabs, sea monsters. And is this a rope drop ride? This is most definitely a hundred percent, absolutely an emotional rope drop ride. Yes. Like, I mean, maybe opening day, because there was, you know, what, four rides total, you might be in line for this, but definitely not a... And, and again, I haven't ridden at Disneyland, so maybe if you want to go and see Finding Nemo, when it I is... Was, when I was seven years old in You weren't rope dropping this ride? I was rope dropping Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and then going across the way, which is where uh, 20,000 Leagues was and going to 20,000 Leagues, and then and then going back across and doing Snow White's. That, that was my... That was my area when I was a kid. I loved, like, Peter Pan was right there. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. That was your triangle of adventure. Exactly. All right, so the ride length is eight minutes, runs on 1,365 feet of rail track. I don't remember a long line to this ride. As a kid, It was I was ridiculously impatient, so that tells me that there wasn't a long line. I don't think there was because of the ride capacity as well because I don't remember waiting like a super long time mm-hmm. for this ride either. So I don't disagree with the executives that given the capacity of the ride and the maintenance that it just was worth taking down. I remember that this ride was extremely popular. I read that it was extremely popular but notoriously empty. Like it just there's just mm-hmm. nobody ever on it. Yep. The ride is technically no longer running, but there is Finding Nemo, but I didn't use any data, even though they use the same tracks, the same subs, schematics, uh, and changing up just some things. Like I know that they shut it down, drained it, and cleaned out some of the obviously stuff that was in there and didn't match Finding Nemo. And you won't be waiting for this ride unless you visit Tokyo Disney, so I can't give you any wait times. Yeah, and actually I just I just did a quick search on Thrill Data to make, they don't have it, they don't have the historical, they must not have been tracking things before the ride. Were there internets, internets back then? I don't then? think there were, inter, I don't think the interwebs, I don't think that Al Gore had invented the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on that note, wait time trends, while we don't have wait times, I will say that the queue played several sea shanties while you were, or if you were waiting, one of them being what we, what shall we do with the drunken sailor, which is a famous shanty and it is not kid friendly. So I'm surprised that they played that. Again, I miss the old, old Disney. Disney. <laughs> Capacity for each submarine was 38 to 40 people, yep. and the sub traveled in packs of three while the ride was going. Yeah, so I remember this queue being akin to like Carousel of Progress or Mickey's Philharmonic Magic or yep. Muppets 3D, where you're waiting for the next ride vehicle yep. to show up. So yep. like I don't remember the, like waiting an hour for this one. Yep. Let's see. There was no height requirement, and Genie details, obviously, Genie Plus has nothing on this because it doesn't exist. There was no. Fast there was no genie. Was there was the no lightning of, this lane. Was before the times of lightning lanes, kids. This was before Bob Chapek. Or maybe he could still this have been before Michael in. Eisner. Exactly. Well, I mean, he was there when it was, you know, taken down, but. Well, that, that's probably. So he's probably to blame. Why, that, 
Yeah. So total ranking, if I lined up all my rides in order and thought about nostalgia, experience, adventure, I'd say I'd give this ride seven Mysterious Mermaids. It had a way about it, much like other beloved Disney rides that we've talked about before. Everyone fondly remembers that. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who has ridden this ride and was like, oh God, that ride was so boring. It didn't have any ear piercing songs to haunt your your dreams. (laughs) No, no, no children fell and, 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 became, <laughs> and became part of the ride. Demonic, uh, <laughs> exactly. It had mermaids doll. and sea monsters. Uh, it's a part of a lot of people's childhoods all the way back. I mean, it would have been my mother's childhood if she'd gone in 1959. So, you know. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I do think this had something for everybody because mm-hmm. if you like the mermaids and sea monsters thing. So like the challenge with my, my parents, I think they had with me and my brother. Again, we talked about this in the first episode We're we're barely a year apart. So there was this constant battle of him wanting to ride things that I, that I didn't want to ride and meet. Like, he had no interest in riding Snow White. It was a princess. Why are we doing this? We both wanted to ride this ride. Like, like I was. I remember being excited to see mermaids. It was, like, when you were a kid, it was a thrilling, fun ride. Yeah. I know it's not a thrill ride, but it was kind of that aspect because you... You know, you're going down in a submarine, so that's cool. But there really was kind of something for everybody here. For the adults, it lasted a while, and it was air-conditioned and cool. There we go. Yep. <laughs> all, all the criteria for Dave and Karen. Except, well, Karen more than Dave, but yeah. Because D- Dave has no problem waiting in line an hour to get on Dumbo in the, that's in the true. heat. Because that was not shaded back in the 80s. Dave's 110% a, a Disney fanatic. <laughs> so there you go. So I don't think people have had you know the opportunity to get in a submarine before, to see adventures yeah. like that. So it had something for everybody. It, it's offered joy for generations of kids. So to quote Captain Nemo himself, it's burned everlasting in my memory. So resources for today's episode were Defunct Land on YouTube, Wikipedia, Yesterland.com, IMDb.com. I think that's it. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. If you liked today's episode of Into the Disneyverse, check us out on Instagram at Disneyverse Historians or on Facebook at Into the Disneyverse. The music in this episode was created by Skolex from freesound.org. Thanks again for listening and catch you next time.